0: You're listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville and Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. One of my messages called, Are You Ready for 24? Turn to somebody and say, Are You Ready for 24? Just so you know, whether you're ready or not, it's here. It's already happened. So it's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes, it's, it's, it's here. And I believe that this year be a crazy year or a really good year. And, and I want to share with you some things. So if you would turn your Bibles to Matthew 13, if you would stand to your feet, I want to read you a scripture here today. This is a parable that Jesus spoke. You could turn your attention to the screens if you want. Read it with me here today. But in chapter 13, verse 24, he, Jesus, put another parable before them and saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and he sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore, bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servant of the master of the house came and said to them, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? And he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, grab the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now for a moment, I want you to understand Jesus is speaking a parable And he's got depth in there. So if we jump down to verse 36, he gives the answer. It says, "'Then they left the crowds and went into the house, "'and his disciples came to him, saying, "'Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field.' "'And he answered, "'The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. "'The field is the world, "'and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. "'The weeds are the sons of the evil one. "'The enemy who sowed them is the devil.' Let him hear. You can have a seat here today. Let me break this down for you today as we talk about 24. It's interesting. Jesus was always talking about parables, he knew exactly how to communicate to the people that he was with. And he was talking about the wheat and the weeds, or some translations say the wheat and the tear. Now it's interesting because they knew exactly what he was saying because in that time, and even to this day, now we have technology to help avoid this, but the tare was a ryegrass. It was called darnel, which was a ryegrass that looks like wheat in the early stages, but it has a poisonous seed. The sim- similarities between these two plants is so great that in some regions it's referred to as a false weed it bears a close resemblance to wheat until the ear appears. In fact, Roman law at the time prohibited sowing darnel among the wheat of the enemy, suggesting that the scenario presented here in Scripture would have been realistic and understandable for the people at the time. Let me say it this way. The, the wheat and the tare were so similar that nobody could tell a difference until the fruit or until the seed actually produced But the tear was poisonous. And what Jesus was saying was, we live in a time, I believe right now, he's speaking to the time now. We live in a time where there will be a hard time to discern who is for God and who is not. What do we need? We need discernment, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to know the word. We need to know his voice. We need to know his presence. We need to know what Jesus is and who he is in so that we won't be led astray. So, today, I want to give you nine spiritual tips of advice for 2024. Are you ready for this? Turn to somebody and say, Whether you're ready or not, we're going to do it. Just tell them that. Talk to somebody next to you. It's going to happen. I prepared this message. I'm not going to throw it away. We're going to do it. Number one be slow to respond. When it comes to info on social media regarding wars, riots, injustice, and reported news, not everything is what it seems. You have been warned that not everything said is true, and responding right away before understanding the facts will be critical. You're not that important that people need your response immediately. (laughs) That's a word for somebody here. Because I remember in 2020, I felt like right away, like something happened. There was a riot or something with election or something with COVID. I got to get online and tell people what I thought. And now I go back and think, man, I wish I wouldn't have said it that way. I wish I wouldn't have responded that way. You, you have been warned, church, that there will be things coming Out coming to happen, and you need to be slow to respond. Now, Scripture has something for this in James 1. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, or might I pose his social media but deceives his heart, this person's religious religion is worthless. Your mouth, your typing, is a gauge of what's in your heart. Now, you can say whatever you want, but out of the heart, the mouth speaks. We must develop self-control as a fruit. Now, I don't know if you know that there's nine fruits of the Spirit. Sometimes we trail off towards the end. You know, love, joy, peace, patience. I don't remember the other ones. But at the very end is self-control. And let me say this to you. It could very well be, if not just as important as love. What you don't do is important. What you don't say is important. Let me say this. Make a commitment this year to ask Holy Spirit how to respond. You will get triggered, but how you respond is your choice. Number two, fully know the Word of God. Just quoting select verses out of context will not help you. (laughs) You must know the full extent of what God's Word says, and the context, say context, the context it says it in, standing on and quoting the Word of God in wrong context does not make what you want to happen. Know the Word and understand it, and then the power of it will overwhelm you. We've done this for so long. We've taken scriptures. Back in the day, we used to have, I remember this, it was a little the daily bread. It was a little plastic piece of bread, and out of it, you pull out these little scriptures like fortune cookies, right? And you'd be like, oh, that's my jam, and we put it on our mirror, right? right? And, and sometimes we just took things out of context, But look what 2 Peter says. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul, who wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him that he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. Listen to this. There are some things in them, the letters, that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable they twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you're not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. This is strong language here. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever to the day of eternity amen Amen. what this says is you don't get to twist scripture to fit what you want god to do and we have people deconstructing and adding things and taking things away and pulling things out and extrapolating scripture and saying this is what no no no. god's word in context brings power it brings clarity. It brings authority. See, that's why starting next week, we're going to study through the whole book of John. Amen. Because I don't, not, I don't want you just to pull scriptures out of things, but I want you to see the context, the beauty of chapter by chapter of seeing what Jesus is doing through the eyes of John. Amen. See, I want you and myself to hold our debatable theological stances loosely. What does that mean, Pastor Mark? That means we need to understand that for thousands of years, there's certain things in the Bible that theologians, smarter than any of us in this room, have been debating and still haven't figured out. So if for some reason you think that you're going to figure it out on your little blog channel in your basement with a cat, it ain't going to (laughs) happen. And what I want you to understand is we are fighting over things that don't matter. Because the bottom line is, it's, it's, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He was dead, buried, and rose again and is seated on the right hand of the Father. If we can believe that together, we can partner together. But the enemy is dividing us over. Should women be in ministry? Should we still speak in tongues? Our gifts for today? Is God coming back tomorrow? Is it the eschatology debate? All of these things. And Jesus is just like, you're all going to be wrong when you get to heaven. Just know that. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're going to be wrong. Just tell them that. Especially if it's your husband or your wife. Look them deep into their eye. Say, Pastor Mark told me to tell you that. Listen, I've come, I've come to the conclusion that there are things that I am wrong in understanding God. Now, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to preach heresy, but I just know my little, tiny, little, finite mind can't comprehend the beauty and the complexity and the majesty of who Jesus is. So if you think somehow, some way, here's what I'm trying to tell you. One, one, one of the theologians that's online, I, I love following him. I, I believe in what he says. Some of them, I don't, but my... Mike Winger, he says this, I'm open to change my mind. And what I want to come to God with is an open heart to say, God, what I believed when I was 10, what I believed when I was 30, God, I'm open. If you have new revelation that I didn't see it through that eye, or maybe I pulled it out of context, God, teach me. Can we be a church that fully knows the word of God and is teachable by his Holy Spirit? Number three, number three, we got to make amends with family. Pushing off bad and broken relationships, both natural and spiritual, does not solve problems. In fact, it only creates new ones. If you need to sit down with somebody and chat it out, make time to do it. If you need to bring somebody with you, do that. Sometimes these relationships will take more intentionality to heal. So let the Holy Spirit lead you. You don't have to give unhealthy people full access into your life in order to make amends. I'm going to say that one more time because I think somebody needs to hear this. You don't have to allow unhealthy people full access into your life in order to make amends with them. You will need healthy and healed relationships more than ever this year. No more running. I got two scriptures for you because I knew this would hit. 1 Corinthians 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 24, but God has so composed the body, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Matthew 18. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother, but if he does not listen to him, you take him out back and you beat him. That's what I would have added, but that's not what it says. It says, if he does not listen, it says, there's a second, it says, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses, and if he refuses to listen to you, then tell it to the church. But if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him to be you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, It will be done for them in my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Now pause for a moment. We love pulling out that scripture. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose, ooh, I'm loosening and binding. Yeah, yes I am. But how many know that it comes with a precept? You actually have to do good relationships with one another. You actually have to forgive one another. And here's what we get the thing wrong. We think we can act as uh, however we want to act and that God's going to just bind and loose things for our behalf when we don't even take the time to honor the people God has placed us around. And I want you to know this. If your brother sins against you, I read Matthew 18, 15 through 22 to you. And let me just say this. If your brother sins against you, don't come to the church. Go to them. I'm tired of hearing your problems. Can I say this? Stop coming to us and asking us to fix what you need to fix on your own. I know these two. I know these right here, right here. (laughs) So many times people go to the church so that we can somehow magically fix what you caused the conundrum to start with. Scripture says, Go to them. Man, it's so hard for people to get face to face with people nowadays. You're gonna to have to do it. And then, if it doesn't work, what do you do? You take two or three people with you. Right. Then you come to the church. There's a system, there's a process, and it works when we follow it. Verse 21, then Peter came up and said, Lord, how often? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people are really trifling, they're on my nerves. How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, he thought, man, seven times, that's a lot. That's a good number. I know you like seven, Jesus, you know what I mean? So he, Jesus says, to him, no, no, I, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Now, now, here, here's, here's what I want to say to you today. This isn't an option in the kingdom. Forgiveness is part of the kingdom. Let me just say this as well, a little addendum I want to put on there is in the same way, don't run after people that you need to let go. Because I know there's some people in here, like you're holding on to relationships, but, but they're actually detrimental to you. And you can forgive people and let them go. Can I, can I say that again for the people in the back? You, you, you can forgive people and let them go. And some of us in this room, we need to start letting go of some people because they're actually causing you more pain. For some reason, you feel like you need to do it. Now, let me give you some, some advice on this because there are two groups of people. Lisa Bevere posted this week. I'm giving her credit, so I'm not stealing from her. Uh, there are transactional or transformational relationships in your life. And I want to break it down for you today because some of us, we have transactional relationships. These are seasonal. They're centered on convenience or commonality. They will be in your room, but not in your corner. They remain as long as it is in their best interest. When they leave, don't get mad at them. Don't allow it to wound you. Bless them and let them go. They may re-enter your life later on at a later date, but if it's safe, you can let them. Don't make the mistake of attaching the wrong expectations on this relationship. Don't expect them to be transformational, friends. Transformational. It's an intimate connection that brings out growth mutually between both of you. They cheer you on when you win, and they remain close when you lose. They are the ones when you need them, they're there, and when you respond, when you reach out to them. There are times when our transformational people are genuinely busy or experiencing hardship or losses or sickness that may limit their ability to respond. It does not mean they've stopped being transformational, only that there is a change in their current season. But either way, these are people that acknowledge and they take initiative to be in your life. I have people in my life, I may not spend every day with them. I may go months without talking to them. But as soon as I get around them, we instantly connect. That's a transformational relationship. And for some of you, you're investing more time in transactional people than you need to be investing in transformational people. And for some of you, you've put your worth in what a transactional, oh, man. Some of you get your worth from what transactional people say about you instead of finding transformational people and saying, what do you see in me? Big difference. This is the year of healed relationships. Number four, get connected to the church family. Thank you Miss Jackie. I knew somebody would say it. <laughs> Too many people wander from place to place, but this must be the year that you stay and you stick. The body of Christ works best when we don't give up and run. Find the right, find the right tribe, Holy Spirit wants you in. Not what fits best your needs. When the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has for you will always be better than what you think you need. And many times they're not the same. Ask him and seek him and then obey what he says. Let me say it this way. Don't ask little Jimmy what church you want to go to. I love you guys. Thank you for sitting in the front row. Little Jimmy picks his boogies and eats them. little Jimmy wets his bed, but for some reason as parents, we think, well, let me ask my kids what church. No. You husband, you father, you man of the home, seek the Lord and get in a community listen to me, that God puts you in. Not that you want to be part of. Listen, they're different. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. You may be in a community that rubs you the wrong way. My father-in-law said this after the first service. He says, you know what? Rub brings out the flavor. When you put a rub on a meat or a steak it brings out flavor when somebody rubs you the wrong way it'll bring out the flavor and for many of us we feel that rub i'm out i'm out and especially here because there's a thousand great churches but let me say this the only church you need to be in is the one the holy spirit says to come to that's it acts 2 says this i want i want to read this but before i read this because i love this chapter i love 42 through 47 it describes the early church but many of us we want that without getting connected And you got to be part of a community. It says, and they devote, say devoted. (laughs) They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And an all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. They had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, not Sunday by Sunday, not once or twice a month, day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. This is more important than we know. It's not a stereotypical Sunday morning expression. You will only get out of the body of Christ, what you put into it. And I'm here to tell you the lie of the enemy is to remove you from community. We saw what it did in 2020. Don't go back. Now, I know I'm speaking to the choir because many of you are dedicated to the body of Christ. You're not dedicated to Southview. You're dedicated to the body of Christ. Then God places you in a community like Southview. But I'm telling you, there are so many great churches in this region, so many great pastors. Do not allow the enemy to tell you you do not belong. And for some of you, you're waiting for an invitation. You be the invitation. Well, nobody invites me over. You invite them over. Well, I don't have a big enough house. Go meet them at Starbucks. Go meet them at Just Love. Find a coffee shop. 1819 is where I prefer. Go find a place. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't have any money. Sit under a tree. Stop making excuses. And stop bailing when somebody does you the wrong way one time. Some of the greatest influences in my life rubbed me the wrong way when I first met them. I'm passionate about this. That's only number four. Here we go. Number five. Be a giver of your time, your talent, and your treasure. The world needs to see God's people meeting needs at home and abroad. I love that. I want I want Jesus $500,000 next year yes. to give. Amen. Come on now. For too long, the people of God look to receive from God. At some point, we need to be givers of the gift that God has given us. Amen. A backed up pipe puts out a nasty smell. Be a. <laughs> <laughs> Be a healthy, flowing conduit that God can get things through. Some of you like praying for God. God, I want blessings. God, provide for me. He's like, if I can get it through you, come on now. For some of us, we get stocked up right here. And we're wondering why we're walking around constipated Christians. 1 Peter 4. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled. And sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Now watch this. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Give your time. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's various grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Serving isn't a piece of the kingdom. It is the kingdom. It is the kingdom. And serving your time, your talent, your treasure, it's a heart position. If this is hard for you, check your heart. Listen, I love this. I love seeing what our church is giving. I love where we're going. I'm excited because this is all different kinds of ministries, local, national, international, that you and I get to touch, and we may never step foot in their office or never step foot in their country. You get to change the world. (sighs) Be a giver this year of your time, your talent, your treasure. May I even include this? Take it up a notch. Ask the Lord, where can I serve even more? because you will always be blessed as you give. It's a precept of the kingdom. Number six, take care of your temple. Now let me just put a little elbow in this one because I'm going to stick on this one for a little bit. The church doesn't talk about this enough. You need to eat better. You need to sleep more. (laughs) You need to exercise and protect your body. Most issues we face today can be averted by healthy life practices. No more excuses do something just do anything just get your temple whole so you can live a productive life serving Jesus your family and others first Corinthians this is not Mark's idea this is a biblical thing do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God you are not your own you were bought with a price so glorify God in your body now let me just say this God cares about your physical body And for many of us, we're asking for healing and God says, stop eating Twinkies. (laughs) We're already here. We're already here. We're gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. For many of us, God wants you to take a, 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 a step in actually valuing your body. Taking, listen, I get up at 5.30 to go to the gym. It's dark out. I don't wanna go, but every time I go, I know I'm doing this for my children. I'm 49 years old, and I don't want to be limited in mobility. So what do I do? I do it now. I watch what I eat. I take care of my body. We have to do this. This is not an option. I had this revelation a while ago because I started doing the math, and I said, okay, I got a one-year-old, and I'm 49 years old, and you could do the math. And I don't want to be rolling up in his graduation, you know, in a wheelchair, is that your grandpa? No, that's my dad. You know, no. So I said, no, no. Hold on. I have a say in this. I can do this. What do I do? I value what God has given me. It's a temple. Amen. And for some of us, we were never taught this. So we just think like we could put whatever we want inside and God will bless it because we pray that prayer. Bless this food and take care of it. And you know, like, like, no, if you eat poison, it's coming in. We've seen now, this is not a biblical thing, this is a scientific thing. We see that many viruses and many sicknesses can be averted by a healthy lifestyle. Amen. COVID, did you know this? That you can actually, by eating the right supplements and nutrients and vitamins, you can actually fight off virus. Newsflash: flash, you didn't hear this in 2020. Oh, I'm going in now. Here we go. Let's keep going. Mental health and anxiety is linked to sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's actually linked to the food you eat. Obesity and heart disease run rampant in the church. And God says, I want to give you a healthy lifestyle. So I'm not asking you to transform your body overnight. What I am saying is take care of your temple. And it starts with fasting. I love, I love watching the world catch up with God, what God's been saying for decades. Fasting now, they, they published this in February of 2021. It said, in randomized controlled clinical trials and animal studies that combined fasting with chemotherapy, fasting decreased disease progression. Yeah. That's actually cancer. Mm-hmm. And increased remission, probably in part by decreasing the toxicity and increasing the effectiveness of the chemotherapy. So when you fast, they, you, listen, don't take my word for it. Google it today. You could find all these things about fasting. Actually, when you fast, you regenerate new cells. Amen. It actually cleans out your body. Some of you are like, well, I don't know if fasting is biblical. Well, it's medical. <laughs> we, I know we have another 701, but we keep going. What I want you to know is this. I believe in 2024, it's no longer an option. We have to take care of our body, our mind, and our spirit. And if we will do that, I'm telling you, you will see a difference in your life. Take a step, whatever it takes, little steps, baby steps. Take a walk every day, whatever you gotta do. Stop eating Twinkies, that's a good one, right? Start right there. Twinkies will outlast you, I'm telling you. (laughs) Twinkies are not good. You could wash your car with a Twinkie. Don't do it, I'm telling you. Just stop eating. Them. Number seven, let's keep going. Stop watching, listening, and consuming junk. That's a transition right there. There is more access to content than ever, and most of it is designed to attack your thought process. Protect your soul by guarding your eyes and ears. Maybe binging certain shows and listening to certain artists and consuming certain channels and pages of social content is actually destroying you. See what happens when you consume and what you consume changes. Matthew 6 says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Just to give you some ideas of what's happening right now, our cartoons for children are being indoctrinated at an alarming rate. Cartoons like Cocomelon Lane has two, two men married with a little boy wearing a tiara. You can be whatever you want. Doc McStuffins introducing gay themes. Buzz Lightyear had two women kissing in it, and Strange World. Nobody watched that because it was a flop. But had first openly gay lead character. Element I think is Elemental is a non-binary character. Don't think that these things don't make an impression on your children. Man, I'm watching those things like a hawk. I see something out of the right off. It's off. Man, you're not gonna put that on my children not going to throw that up. Listen, you know it's already come out. This isn't conspiracy theories, folks. They've already told you. The head of Disney told you, this is what we're going to do to your kids. Now, let me just even say this. I've looked on iTunes, releases that come out, music that comes out. Majority of it is explicit lyrics. And let me just say, the covers are borderline pornography. That's just the, that's what people are listening to right now. And I'm tired of Christians trying to sanctify what is dirty. Trying to justify songs. No, it's crap. It's stop. Do do you not, I I could talk about all these for hours. I'm man. We'll cancel the third. No, no, listen. Social media is the new HBO, Showtime, and Cinemax. When I was growing up, it was called Skinemax. At a certain time, everything went raunchy. Now you can get it at social media any time of the day. And it's not just porn. Let me say this there's some of you watching things, I don't know, some of these shows that are depressing you, and you're wondering why you're thinking about life in a weird way. Stop watching those shows. Stop listening to the things. Do you know the people on social media? There are so many filters. There's so many fake eyelashes. There's so many AI things that none of it is real. And you're watching this and going, I don't look like her. I don't talk like him. I can, because they're not real. And you're getting depressed by watching something that has been created by a computer. And you're wondering why I don't want to give, give up life. I'm depressed. You're on medication. When all you need to do, in some instances, is stop watching these things. Stop giving them an access into your life. Amen. Amen. Now, it, you, what do we do? We repent. Repentance is to turn away from. That's why the 21-day fast is such a good time to disconnect. Watch how much better you feel. And when you feel better, don't go back. Well, look, you know, I got I to get back on and tell everybody what, what I ate for dinner. No, 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 you don't. They're going to be okay. They're not interested. Number eight, guard your heart anger listen to me anger and rage and rage will be unleashed this year as we approach this crazy election you don't have to be intelligent to figure that out the purpose is to separate and divide our nation pray for our nation pray for our leaders we need divine help and protection we don't have to fear but we don't have to take the bait Romans 16 says, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you but i want you to be wise as to what is good and in, innocent as to what is evil we cannot think through a political lens we must think through a kingdom lens Amen. and i'm telling you right now if you think there are two parties it you are so deceived yeah. <laughs> it is not about a political party it is about <gasps> truth yes. and lies yeah. it's about darkness and light. It's about Jesus and devil. It is demonic. And I'm telling you right now, somebody said, well, well, what do we do? What do we do? We seek the Lord. We pray. We ask for discernment. We ask for reprieve. God, save our nation. Help our leaders. Let them have encounters with Jesus. Holy Spirit, wreck the White House. Do miraculous miracles. Let me remind you, God still moved He's still moving. He reversed Roe versus Wade. Let me remind you on that. There are things that I thought would never happen. God's still removing. And what I see God doing is he's unveiling the curtain. And you're seeing all the evil, all the stuff. And God is saying, I told you about this in my word. Church, don't get it twisted. Don't wrap your hope in a politician or a political party. We cannot be led by our preferences, our personalities, or even our culture kingdom and the king must lead us. If you find yourself fearful this year, you're not being led by the king. That's it. You've been warned. And I'm telling you, I'm warning myself because I get passionate. I love our nation. I don't want to see our nation go the, 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 I see where we're going and I don't want to go there. But guess what? God can intervene. God can move. But if we think that it's going to be something that we do apart from him, you'll be working your little legs off and you're trying to run in a hamster wheel. But Jesus is in control. Let me remind you, Jesus is in control. Let me remind you, whatever happens in November, Jesus is in control. So let me say this, guard your heart. Number nine, the last one, pursue Jesus over your dreams. We have to recalibrate the church. We have spent way too much time talking about our dreams, our purposes, our plans, our Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans he has for me. Woo! I'm going to get my girl. I'm going to get my man. I'm going to get my job. I'm going to get whatever it is. But we got to talk more about Jesus and who he is. Spend more time getting to know him through his word, through worship, through his Holy Spirit, and he will illuminate your path not against Jeremiah 29 11. I'm not against the purpose and plans. I talk about it all the time. God has a plan for you. But listen, if we focus more on our plans than the one who creates them, we're going to get off. And we've become a narcissistic culture, a church that focuses around my needs. My, is people gonna acknowledge me? Are they gonna know what I, my, do you know who I am? And it's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about Southview, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. John 14, you can read the whole thing, but I'm just gonna pick a couple verses out of it. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Except through me. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. For For now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. If you love me, it's all about Jesus, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me, does not keep my word and the word that you hear is not mine but the father who sent me i i'm telling you church i am passionate about this it is about jesus it's about jesus we're making a focus on jesus i mean we look we've always focused on jesus but i decided these first six months we're going to read through the book of john and we're going to talk about jesus And if you need a a message on the state of the world or, or maybe a message on like where my calling is, you're gonna have to go somewhere else for that. We're gonna talk about Jesus because I gotta pull people back from this idea like Jesus is some kind of genie or Holy Spirit's in a bottle. If I rub the bottle, Holy Spirit pops out, three wishes for you. Okay, I want this. No, no, Jesus did it all. And if he doesn't do another thing for me, he's done plenty. And I'm telling you right now, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. It's the blood of Jesus that covers your sins. It's Jesus's blood that heals you, delivers you, and sets you free. It's Jesus that's going to heal your marriage. It's Jesus that's going to help you find your spouse. It's Jesus that's going to provide for you. It's not you. It's not another word for you. It's Jesus, and He is the word for you. That's it. In the second half of this year, we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit. And I believe at the end of this year that we're going to see people that are completely transformed. I'm telling you, I'm tired. I'm tired of babysitting Christians. I've not even done it as long as some of the people in our faith. One of my dear friends, Papa Don, he's been serving Jesus for 90, he's, he's 93 years old. I think about it like I, I've been, this church is 15 years old this year. And, I, and I, I'm be. Honest, we're off time now, so it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I found myself becoming exhausted trying to, trying to feed people things so everybody eats, everybody eats. Let me just say this about my family. Like, there's not one meal that we ever make. One meal, I don't think there's one meal that everybody eats, likes. Some of you family, you know that. Parents, you know, you make something, and kids don't even try it. They're like, I hate it. Like, you've not even seen what it is. I, I already know. Discern it in the spirit. I don't want to eat it. Then my kids are like, oh, we're having that tonight? I didn't want that tonight. Like, what, where, what is going on in this house? That's the church. But what if, what if, what if we, including myself, that we put aside our preferences, we actually let Jesus be the king. And we let him, whoo. And we let him sit on a throne. And we let him rule and reign. Not just on Sunday morning, but every day in our lives. Like, what could our homes look like if Jesus ruled and reigned in your home? What could your marriage, your family, your relationships, your school, your career, it all changes when Jesus is on the throne in your life. So go back to the scripture that I said in the beginning when we talked about the wheat and the tear, Matthew 13. I believe this is what's going to separate the wheat from the weeds. I want you, I want myself, I want us to be more in love with Jesus than anything else. Because one day, listen to me, when all the politicians, their terms have expired, when every nation that is ruling and reigning, battling one another, when it's all done, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for his bride. And when Jesus comes back, I'm telling you, I want him to look at you I want him to look at me, and I want him to say, well done, good faithful servant. So if you will commit yourself to seeking the Lord above everything else, I believe that no matter what happens in our nation, you're going to live above it. And I believe that people will come to you desperate for hope. I don't know what it is about you, Nathan, but there's something different about you. Every time you wait on my table, (laughs) the food tastes better. (laughs) Every time you wait on my table, there's peace in my home. There's peace in my, just when you're here. Jonah, when you play guitar, it's just something about it, it's prophesying. You don't even sing, it's just you play, and there's something that changes in the room. That's what happens when the people that love Jesus, trust Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this message. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multi-generational, multicultural community of believers passionately pursuing Jesus, family, freedom, and unity in the body of Christ. If you would like to connect with us, visit us at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.